I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back. Richard Serrett sitting in for George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM. And uh, we are approaching the 75th anniversary of the Kenneth Arnold sighting of flying saucers near Mount Rainier, Washington. And uh, Charles Lear is with us. He is the author of The Flying Saucer Investigators. Um, some people may not be aware that Arnold had, a, had a, another sighting in late July of 47 while he was flying to Tacoma. Just tell us a little bit about that. Uh yeah, he saw some 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 things. Uh, he thought possibly a flock of ducks, but uh, when he landed, he checked. Uh, he checked. He tried to find witnesses. Um, he a passenger plane landed. He asked the pilots and passengers. Uh, they couldn't corroborate it. So after that, he vowed to keep a camera with him at all times. So he's on his way to Tacoma to meet with someone named Harold Dahl. First of all, who, who was Dahl and why did Arnold want to speak with him? Ray Palmer wrote Arnold a letter uh, asking if he could investigate this. Uh, these guys, uh, uh, Fred Christman and Harold Dahl, uh, basically they claimed to have found some strange material on an island called Maury Island near Tacoma, Washington. Arnold said, tell me it's from a flying saucer, basically. Uh, oh, yeah, it's from a flying saucer. And he said, okay, great, we'll look into it. And he wrote Arnold a, wrote Arnold a letter asking him to if he would be willing to fly to Tacoma and look into it. Uh, and Arnold wrestled with the idea, and then he agreed to. Palmer offered him, I think it was $200, which is, you know, a good chunk of change back then and expenses. And uh, Arnold actually wrestled whether, you know, it was um, right for him to accept the money. So his mm -hmm. friend said, yeah. So off Arnold went to Tacoma, Washington to investigate this case. 
effectively, as you point out, making him the first paid privately funded flying saucer investigator. Yes, yes, which, you know, it's absolutely fascinating because Arnold's story normally stops for people uh, with his sighting. Right. So uh, Dahl's sighting actually predates Arnold's, doesn't it? Uh, according to them, yes. Hmm. They, they, they claim the, the date after the fact. All right. So Dahl, before we get into Maury Island, Dahl says something to Arnold, uh, before he sort of opens up about what he witnessed at, at Maury Island, what does Dahl say to Kenneth Arnold about this whole field of investigating flying saucers? Give it up. Don't do it. It causes you nothing but trouble. Dahl claimed uh, all sorts of personal problems, and uh, they were uh, salvage. They salvaged logs. He and Chrisman together had a business salvaging logs uh, from their boat. And he claimed to have lost, uh, I think it was a $2,000 $2, worth of salvaged logs. And he blamed all his problems on uh, his sighting. He also lost his wife, didn't he? Did she leave him or something like that? Uh, no, I, I never saw anything about that. But she was uh, pretty upset with him later. Right. That, that comes later. So, uh, Maury Island, they, they see these what, craft, lights, um, and debris starts falling down. Well, they said they saw, uh, uh, they, the story is, is, is that Daw saw it first, and he claimed to have seen six donut-shaped objects, and that one of them was having trouble, and the other five were hovering around it, and then this thing just uh, dumped a whole bunch of material, uh, first black lava-like material uh, that was hot and sizzled the ocean and killed uh, Harold Dahl's dog and injured his son, broke his arm, and uh, then it dumped a whole bunch of white stuff and, like, newspaper, he described it, and then uh, they all... Apparently it was better, and then they all flew off. So Dahl, according to the story, according, uh, Dahl reported this to Chrisman. Chrisman didn't believe him. Uh, also, the boat was damaged, um, they, they said. So Dahl reported this to Chrisman. Chrisman went out to see it, uh, you know, see if there was any evidence out there, said he saw the material, and then said he saw another donut-shaped craft himself. So Chrisman said that, uh, told Arnold that he was a believer after that. So they, uh, they collected some of this, I guess, once it was, you know, uh, had cooled down sufficiently, they collected it. it did, uh, didn't Dahl, did Dahl take Kenneth Arnold to his secretary's house to, to see this stuff? Yes. Uh, and it's, it, you know, it's not real clear whose house it was. Uh, I think it was supposed to be Dawes' house, um, but his secretary was brought some work home with her, and he introduced Arnold to his secretary. And then Arnold asked for a piece of this material, and Dawes brought it out. He had been using it, a piece that he had been using as an ashtray, and Arnold, uh, his, in, uh, 
according to Arnold's account, he actually wrote an account of this. He wrote an account uh, for Fate magazine, and then he and Palmer put out together a book together, um, and uh, which also describes this. Uh, so, uh, in the account, uh, Arnold's response was, "Why, Harold? This is just a piece of lava." And didn't they also find some rivets in some of the pieces to well, suggest there, they may have there been? There was from... also some uh, slag and some uh, what uh, Arnold recognized as aluminum, and he brought a friend in um, called Big Smithy, who had also had a sighting, and uh, together they, they they looked at this material. They thought it was possibly airplane parts uh, because there were but there were square rivets in it uh, and they didn't know of any square rivets that would be in airplane parts so they were kind of mystified by it uh in, in what might be i don't know one of the first documented cases of a man in black wasn't uh, a doll taken to breakfast by someone in, well you describe him as someone in a black suit i don't know if he would qualify as a man in black but didn't he kind of warn Dahl not to talk about this? Yeah, well, according to Dahl, he told Arnold that this guy took him to breakfast. Uh, and in a play, it was common for businessmen to meet up with these salvagers, take them out to breakfast, and negotiate deals for the logs. So Dahl said he didn't see anything unusual about this. And then the, he, Dahl said that this man repeated Dahl's experience to him in great detail and then threatened him, if you don't want anything to happen to your family and you, uh, shut up about this. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 
Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So so ultimately, does Kenneth Arnold believe uh, Dahl and Crisman's account? He wavered back and forth. So, uh, so in his account, sometimes he's believing it, sometimes he's thinking they're hoaxing. He basically felt he was in over his head, and he called uh, two two Army Air Force officers. Uh, I think it was the Office of Special Intelligence. Um, that would be Davidson and Brown. Yes, yes. And he called. They said after his sighting, you know, if you ever need any, uh, have any, this. They gave him his number and said, contact us if uh, you need to. So he. He did, and he said, "You know, I'm I'm involved in this case. Uh, could you guys come to Tacoma and uh, help me out with it?" So they did, and uh, they uh, they they met with a rather mysterious ending, didn't they, Davidson and Brown? Yeah. Well, so what happened was they started losing interest in the case, and they had to be um, back. Uh, I think it was in uh, Ohio, for the uh, the Army Air Force had just uh, become the Air Force, as we know it now. Um, and they were celebrating Air Force Day, so they had to get back. So they uh, lost interest, and um, as they were going to leave, they Arnold and Smith, uh, Big Smithy and Arnold, I invited them to stay. They said, no, 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 we've got to get back for the uh, Air Force Day. Uh, it was Hamilton Field. And uh, so they started leaving. Chrisman uh, said, well, let me get you some of the material. Chrisman drove back to his house and gathered up some of the uh, material and put it in a cornflakes box. Uh, as they were getting into the car, Chrisman pulled up and said, here, take this. So they grabbed the uh, material. Well, on the way back to Hamilton Field, their plane crashed, and they both died. Uh, as they were going down, they got passengers out, put uh, parachutes on them and said, jump, and then they went down with the plane and died. Wow, which no doubt just sort of, you know, added to the, uh, you know, the whole mythos of the, the Maury Island case, I'm guessing. You know, were yeah, they taken out because they knew too much? What's really neat about this case is a lot of uh, the parts of the flying saucer UFO mythos uh, 
got to start right there. So you've got men in black, you've got government conspiracy. Um, so yeah, it's right from the get go. And uh, and and so began the uh, the summer of the saucers. Uh, and you had this uh, newly created Air Force taking up its own investigation in December of that year. This classified code name Sign. It became Project Blue Book in uh, in 1952, and uh, it was assigned to the Air Material Command at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. So it begins. Now it begins. Um, I want to move ahead now to uh, um, 1950. This is a, a, a f- he's a fascinating character. Uh, James Mosley, this 19-year-old, I'm going to call him a trust fund brat. That might be unkind, but uh, uh, <laughs> just up and up qu- quits uh, quits Princeton and decides to, uh, uh, to, he wants to become an explorer. Tell me some of the uh, the, the people that, he, that he, he hooks up with. Yeah, it's amazing. He wrote a book uh, describing all this called uh, Shockingly Close to the Truth. Uh, Confessions of a Grave Robbing Ufologist. That's uh, a recent book. Uh, I think it came out maybe 2007, 2008. Uh, but in any case, uh, the book's amazing. Uh, it was a gift to me as a writer because what he did is uh, he, he started off wanting to explore, uh, specifically uh, South America, and he hooked up with um, a couple of guys. Um, the second guy he hooked up with was Ken Kripine. K-R-I-P-P-I-N-E. And uh, Kripine came out to Fort Lee, New Jersey, where he lived, and basically used uh, Arnold as a chauffeur in a cash machine. They had an arrangement that you know Arnold would pay, I think it was $400, uh, to go down to him, uh, go down to South America with him. And mostly ba- when it got close to time, he said, look, you know, I've essentially given you all this money uh, when we go uh it's on you. So, but before they did that, uh, they had an idea to write a book and, uh, mostly wrote in this book that, uh, the idea to write the book was probably Kripine's and the idea that it'd be about flying saucers was probably mine. Mosley had an interest in flying saucers after hearing about the Thomas Mantell incident from a neighbor. So, uh, that's uh, just, excuse me, just for people not familiar. For people not familiar with the Mantell case, that's the Air National Guard pilot who uh, Thomas Mantell. He he died in a plane crash. I guess he was he was chasing some huge shiny craft, right? Yes, yes. Uh, most likely blacked out from lack of oxygen. Uh, that's what the uh, the Army Air Forces report. Even though it was the Air Force at that time, they were using an Army Air Forces document to write down the report because a lot of them were left over. Uh, that's I, I got from a couple of people, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Randall and uh, Barry Green would both clued me into that's what probably happened. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.